What we know about learning, about motor learning, is that we need to make mistakes in order to learn better. So if you had the freedom to explore and to make mistakes and to fall down a couple times, your learning process is just going to be sped up. You could see the difference with people that are so afraid of making mistakes that the movement becomes rigid and their learning is stunted. They just can't learn this as fast because of that. So mistakes are essential for that motor learning. Welcome. Stick around if you want to learn about the art and philosophy of beautiful movement mixed with evidence-based exercise science. We'll be having tough and inspiring conversations with other coaches, experts, artists, and athletes. Our goal is to challenge myths, explore concepts, and engage in healthy debate as we dive deep with intrigue and curiosity. I'm your host, Hannah Deutscher. I've been teaching dance, Pilates, and yoga for over two decades. And what I've learned is that movement can be the joy that integrates us all together. When we can trust and express ourselves through our bodies, we are unlimited in our ability to change ourselves and our communities for the better. We, as movement teachers and coaches, have the power to help people experience this for themselves. Okay, everyone, let's dive in. Exchanging ideas and changing people's lives one session at a time. This is the Pilates Exchange. So I think today's conversation is about how we grew up dancing and the influence, sometimes good, sometimes bad, the influence of different teachers that they had on us, our psychological well-being, our mental well-being, our physical health, how they influenced that as young dancers, as professional dancers, and then what our views are as professional teachers. That's a really great topic. When you say that, how it influenced our life right now, when I was going to ballet school, I remember a couple of situations where sometimes the teacher on purpose put you on the spot in the middle of the dance room and everyone was looking at you and the teacher was making fun of you, how silly you did the movement or you didn't understand the choreography. And then you asked me the other day, how did it make me feel in that moment? It was kind of like it made me really aggressive. I really hated the teacher for that. That person, the teacher was putting me on the spot. It happened a couple of times also until the moment that they wanted to make you cry. They wanted to break you, to build you up again. But personally, me, at this time, actually, when I'm looking back, it helped me because I always told myself after that kind of situations when I got a little older, I always told myself no one is going to break me. No one is going to do these things to me. So I'm just got a really hard skin and didn't show any emotions, any things to the teacher. So they didn't have anything what they can find their weak point. And then also later in, as I said, in the dance career, it was exactly the same thing. There were like choreographers or assistants or whatever, dancer colleagues, it's the same thing. Sometimes it's not really motivating just yelling at someone because he or she did something wrong. It's just finding a way, finding a solution, how to help the person. Maybe the person needed help. And you're just like, ah, oh, she didn't get, she's too slow. Or there were also other colleagues that got picked on because they maybe were not so fast, they were not so coordinated, but still they're professional. And it makes no sense to make fun of them, just asking them how you can help them. And I saw in my career, you probably remember also in yours, that so many people just broke down 
mentally. I mean, maybe not physically, but then that comes after. So what helps me now as a palace teacher is when I see that someone needs help, I'm just, first of all, if it's a movement, a new movement sequence, we're going to learn and you have a group class, let's say you have 10 people in your class and you have one or two, they don't really get the exercise. I'm just like saying it's fine. It's also good that it can't work from the beginning because there's no challenge. So it gives us the space, the freedom to learn something and not just like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm weak. Oh, I can do this one. And look at all the other ones. It's like, no, don't compare yourself to the others. This is also what I never did, comparing myself to others because everyone is so different. And then sometimes going back to the class with these 10 people in the class, it's maybe the one I call a Mrs. Müller and Mr. Schmidt, just as an example. They maybe then in a different exercise, they're just like, wow, this is so easy. And all the other eight people in the class are like, wow, that's so hard. I couldn't really do it. So it's just sometimes you just have to find your own way how to then as a teacher, as a student to deal with the situation, of course, and then also ask for help. And there's nothing bad about it to ask or not bad. And I was like, okay, I can do this one. And then in ballet, you're just going to come 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes earlier and you leave 30, 40, 50, two hours later. There's so many different things that you just brought up, which is really interesting. You know, like when you're a young dancer and the teachers, like you said, they felt like sometimes they were trying to break you down. I think that has something to do with the hierarchy of dance, where they felt like they needed control over the classes. In order to do that, then they employ like shame-based correction. So they make fun of you in order to get the quality or the correction that they want, which we know now as adults and also people that have spent their lives researching how to teach better. We know that this isn't an effective way of teaching. And like you said, that is not helpful. It wasn't helpful for you as a kid and definitely is not helpful to teach adults like that. Then wouldn't you say, for example, when you said uh, the teacher is the hierarchy, the teacher is trying to gain respect, trying to get control of the class, using this kind of technique, this skill, or maybe that teacher wasn't skilled enough to deal with the situation, maybe to deal with a student which is not yet in the right position to understand fully or is capable enough to understand the movement sequence, like a choreography, or the same thing now us as Pilates or movement teachers that we probably now, I would say, have the skills so I know what I should do what I can do in a class to help one. So do you think going back that the teachers didn't have enough skills at this time or maybe used a different technique, which is not really motivating, which is actually demotivating because I didn't feel motivated. Yeah, no, I think part of it is that a lot, this is not true for all dance teachers, of course, but I think a lot of dance teachers get into the career of teaching after they've had a professional career dancing and they haven't learned the actual pedagogy, so how to teach. So they just are, are doing exactly how they've been treated in the past. And because dance is a hierarchical system, right? you have your director and then you have the, the rehearsal director, then maybe the principal dancers, the soloist, and then the corps de ballet in, somewhere around in there. I think that the teachers that are deploying these methods, I just think don't think that they're aware. I don't think they're, they understand how damaging that sort of thing can be. So I think that it is a lack of skill in teaching. It's not 
necessary to have to control a class like that using shame or screaming at people. Also physically, I've also been pushed around by dance teachers. I mean, it's just, that's absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, of course, this was also years ago, you know, where <laughs> we're a little older. And then, Does that answer your question? Chris? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then is it also necessary? I was just thinking now as a student or as a dance student or whatever, someone who's learning to go through these hard times? Does it make you stronger? Does it harden yourself? I was just thinking about that because it was giving me also kind of a bit of resilience, but I was really a stubborn kid. I'm still stubborn, so maybe that would help me. But I remember also, probably also you remember, we used to dance together. And there was a couple of times there were guest teachers or other teachers they came by and they found immediately a way how to connect with everyone. And they gave everyone individual attention. And I had the feeling the person was seeing me even if I was doing good or even if I was doing not so good. When I started teaching, I felt underprepared and overwhelmed. I needed to learn how to plan my training so that it made sense. But I wasn't sure what was working and what wasn't. So many teacher training programs leave out the actual art and business of teaching. This is why we created Train the Trainers. Train the Trainers is designed to give you the tools you need to create a powerful learning environment for your students. Gain access to the vault of our collected knowledge where you can learn everything we have to teach you, whether you are a freelance teacher or a studio owner. Get constructive feedback on your teaching with actionable tools you can apply immediately. We can't wait to be part of your teaching journey and to help you grow in your business. Welcome to train the trainers. I think that's exactly right. Like a great teacher is one that can communicate with each person individually and able to lift them up. So there's a difference between like if we're placing the worth of the person by how they produce good, so I'm, I'm using quotations now, but good or bad movement. So if the student no matter how old they are, feels like they're being evaluated and their self-worth is based on good or bad, then that's not the right way of going. The great teachers that you're talking about, they are able to communicate with their students and that student feels seen and respected all the time, regardless of the movement is successful or not successful. Really good point. And just going back to, I was, for example, also in school, I had teachers, they really I was looking up to and they gave me the respect because it's the same, you're the same level. A teacher and the student is the same level. We're all learning. The teachers sharing their information. There's no one is better, no one is not so good. So what I realized for myself is also in a dance career or in school, when I was a teacher, assistant, whatever came in and taught us something new and the person gave me the respect and gave me the feeling that we're on the same level. I was much more motivated. I was really looking forward to, and I personally had the feeling I was giving more. I discovered, oh, I didn't know that I could do this exercise or I could do this movement sequence because the teacher was encouraging me to do it. Even though I thought myself I couldn't do it because it was a technical different movement or exercise. That's so right, Chris, because what we know about learning, about motor learning, is that we need to make mistakes in order to learn better. So if you had the freedom to explore and to make mistakes and to fall down a couple times, your learning process is just going to be sped up. 
you could see the difference with people that are so afraid of making mistakes that the movement becomes rigid and their learning is stunted. They just can't learn as, as fast because of that. So mistakes are essential for that motor learning. Yeah, I totally agree. And then there's also the thing that they teach with your system and just going to, it's not only one person, many people were there, created an environment where you could allow yourself to fall. If you did a mistake, you tried a balance thing and you just did too much and you lost, you was another check, the gravitation is still there, which is good. And then it was not like, or like in the kindergarten, everyone was like pointing with the finger at you and laughing at you and it was just like, okay, great, get up and try it again. I was allowing myself to go until the edge and falling, which is a good thing. Then you know, okay, that was too much. I couldn't repeat it again. It was really interesting for teachers, coaches out there that you create an environment, a community then for people that they can allow to get to their fullest potential to max. Just came to my head. I'm trying to put the things together. So as a coach, as a teacher is what we're trying to do now. We're creating an environment for people where they can be themselves without a free judgmental zone which we're motivating or which is motivating to the people and the people having fun and automatically in their brain they're getting there how you call this one the hormones when you start smiling the lucky happy hormones we could just call it happy hormones because that's exactly what we need <laughs> yeah the happy, yeah we call it happy hormones and then automatically you're looking forward even if it's a hard class even if it's just maybe you couldn't make it but you had the feeling i can do it i want to do more i go back and i want to practice I don't go back because someone was beating me down and it's not my thing. Or for example, just an example happened already probably to a couple of people. You're new to yoga. You've never done any movement. Just saying yoga can be also that. Or maybe call it a movement class. Maybe that's better. You go in, you have not so much experience with movement, but you really wanted to go. You have all this confidence and you're just really motivated. And then you're coming in, paying blah, 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 putting your mat, whatever you're going to do. And then the teacher's going to tell you after learning the first couple of sequence that's wrong what you're doing. It's just like from a teacher, not a really good point saying it's wrong. I mean, there's no right or wrong. It's just for that person who came out the first time to try something else, a movement class, it's pretty devastating. And I'm sure the person's not going back. Do we also maybe comes to a different perspective or different topic now? Do we as coaches, do we have a big responsibility actually? We have an enormous responsibility. To, to create the environment. So maybe for us, maybe we know more about it because we saw how it is from the other side. I remember then also from being a dancer on the one side where you're kind of quiet and do what the person in front of you is telling you because dance is non-verbal. You don't really speak sometimes, but let's say in ballet, and then you're going to the other side, and then you all of a sudden have to talk. You know, it's just like also a different topic. I don't want to go sidetracking, but we have to create an environment which makes the people feel absolutely. safe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like we are supportive of a new person or you know, clients that have been there or students that have been there for a long time. It's about creating that supportive environment through our words and through our actions. And sort of what you were touching on is like, oh, you know, we've seen, we've, we've taken classes all over the world. If you have a teacher that's standing at the front and that's wrong, I don't want it. Like, it's great to have high standards, but it's not okay to break someone down because they're not doing exactly what your expectations were. So I think that it lies on 
you know, a couple different things. Like either the teacher did not explain well enough what they were looking for, or their expectations were not clearly set out from the beginning, or the teacher's ego is so big that they can't allow anything other than what's in that small little muster of movement, like what's in their head, you know, or maybe it's a combination of all those three, you know, like in the best situation, the teacher is supporting in a way that like, I don't know, you have room to make mistakes. You have high standards for the student, for the client where you can teach them to do things maybe more efficient or more artistic or what, you know, what depends on what the movement method is, but doing that in a way that respects the authenticity and the limits of whoever, that person that's there, like the client that's right in front of you. You know, we often say like, teach the person that's in front of you. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. I just have one last thing before we wrap it up is the same thing is you don't give too much attention to the person who can't do the exercise yet, but you shouldn't also give too much attention to the person who can do it already. So you're not going to praise that person. Oh, Mrs. Müller, really, really good, fantastic. You're going to say it 400,000 times in one class and the other ones, they feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Right. So right. it's also finding that balance that what you are always saying is if you have eight people, six people in your class, you're trying to Give them everyone gets the same. Yes, everyone gets the same amount of attention, compassion, love, empathy. Mm. Definitely. Even definitely. if Frau Müller, for example, doesn't get the exercise, but she's showing up, she's trying hard, and Mr. Schmidt is doing it already for four hundred years. I'm exaggerating, yeah. so it's the same. We're yeah. on the same level. Everyone is. Exactly. No one is different. Exactly, because the learning processes they go at different speeds at different times in our lives. Absolutely. So, Chris. What we're saying, right, is that <laughs> that we want to create environments that are shame-free and fun for your students, right? Whatever age that they're at. Exactly. Yeah. You couldn't have said it better. <laughs> well, perfect. I'm glad we're in agreement on that. That makes life good for us. <laughs> I think so, too. All right. Well, my friends, we're going to wrap it up for today. Join us for next week. We have a fun conversation that we've been planning on. Have a lovely day. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. A great cost-free way of supporting us and the podcast would be to give us a five-star rating. You can also look down into the show notes and grab any one of the free resources for teachers. I hope to see you next week on the Pilates Exchange. Happy teaching, everyone.